0: That guy's makes me realize how much I don't fucking know. Talking about how he's gonna put a boot in your ass because it's the American way. That was fun. That was tight. I will. I'm gonna be. You know. I'm gonna. I'm in this, man. I'm in it to win. Historical trolling is the funniest shit. Never gonna have sex again. All right, we're done. I'm ending it. I'm ending it. We're done. We're done. We're done. Um cool. so we are you know we are being blessed today on the most American holiday I can think of um Black Friday with uh returning guest champion of Baltimore uh Franca Mueller Paz <laughs> yeah for real um so first of all, thank you for taking time out of your holiday, you know to to talk to us again real briefly, but we we really did want to kind of catch up after the election and kind of see where you are and what's going on with, with all of your shit. So thank you for for giving us a little bit of time again, dude. We really do appreciate it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me on. Happy to be back.
0: Hell yeah. So let's, let's kind of jump in. Um, so as most of our listeners would know, um, you were running for city council in Baltimore City in the 12th district. And I think by all account, no matter where you kind of uh, sit on the aisle, you ran the most exciting campaign in Maryland politics uh, for sure. You know, and you can argue like you were in the handful of people who were uh, involved with the DSA who ran these very intense grassroots campaigns. Um, And with that um, myself and pretty much everyone around the campaign were very disappointed uh, when you did not win. Um. Wait. I, wait. Wait. What are you talking about?
1: <laughs> you didn't tell <hold> Jordan.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. No. I. I. I th- this is the big reveal. The big. The. This is our October yeah. surprise. Is that Frank Wait. It's lost. not over yet. Right. I mean, there's going to be a recount and all this kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. I mean, right? a- everyone else oh, who oh, lost oh, is oh, raising oh, a big stink.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: I am surprised that that you aren't jumping on the Kim Klaysek and Donald Trump train of just demanding every single recount imaginable. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, we
2: thought about it, but we're like, fine. <laughs> we'll
0: play nice. No, Honestly, you, so... You should not be playing nice at all.
2: <laughs> I'm I'm very surprised. I was surprised because when I went up to Baltimore for the first time in a long time recently, I saw your signs everywhere, just absolutely everywhere. And I was like, there's no way. And this was before the election. I think it was like a couple days before the election. And, um, or no, it was, the election was happening. Um, and I, I was was just like, there's no way she could lose. And then, you know, I guess, I guess the handful of people that just vote down ballot, you know, um, they're just going to vote for whoever the Democrat is. And they probably don't even know your, your name or whatever. Still, I guess there's still work to be done, but I guess that's the reason, right? It was only by what, 2000 or so
1: yeah we did win a bunch of precincts which was really exciting and we uh, did the best against a democratic party challenger from any mm-hmm. party rivaling of uh, the democratic party in 60 years so we felt pretty
2: good yeah
1: about what we were able to do and we did that all in just over 100 days so in 100 days we raised Um, just about $130,000. We organized 300 volunteers. Uh, We almost finished knocking the universe three times uh, for folks that kind of use that lingo. The universe is like the number of people whose doors you can knock. Um, Mm. And so uh, we felt really good about what we were able to do. Uh, I definitely think that uh, something that's just really important is that like relationship building takes time and a hundred days. you know, is not enough to really build relationships, as like Adrian Marie Brown says, like at the speed of trust. And so, you know, more work has to be done. But I think we feel, you know, we feel really, really happy with what we were able to do, uh, all the excitement we were able to generate, and it's just going to be now a matter of taking time to reflect on what our campaign accomplished, what we learned, and then start moving into you know whatever we're going to do with this energy and a huge organized group of volunteers and of organized um, small dollar donors uh, and try to make sure we're still doing the work. And so we're getting ready and there's a big session coming up. Uh, We're going to be fighting for a democratic school board. We're going to be fighting for uh, better internet access. We're going to be fighting to overturn. Uh, Leo Bohr, which is the um, law enforcement officer's Bill of Rights, trying to get state control back of our police and all kinds of stuff, money for education. So there's a lot of good fights coming up, uh, and we're definitely going to want to be uh, getting into that. So, uh, but yeah, we, it may not have been an electoral win, but we feel like winners at heart. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, you definitely won the heart of, of a lot of people in the city, in and outside of your district. And so I was going to ask you, like, what are th- what are the things that you are working on now when you sort of touched on a li- uh, some of them? So could you sort of take a little bit of time and sort of tell us what, you know, you and your coalition or your 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 general group of people are going to be working on, even though you aren't going to be the, the representative for, you know, for for your district? Like, what are you guys like hoping to to get going, e- even though you guys were robbed by the fucking Democrats?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I think you know something that's really important to acknowledge too is that there have been all these really powerful progressive left organizations uh, working in Baltimore City. And something that was really exciting was being able to like bring all these groups together to try to fight for this electoral win. So being able to fight along VSA, along with Carpenters Union, plumbers, uh, fighting alongside the Sunrise Movement and Good Kid, Bad City, the youth, SOMOS. Uh, and bringing all these different organizations together, the Green Party, uh, and being able to fight for a win, and realizing like, wow, but like we really come together. We have like a ton of people, uh, and so I think that that's really you know one of the things we're going to try to continue to keep keep up. And what we've tried to do is really just take some time to. Slow down. Uh, really analyze what were our strengths as a as a group of people, uh, and try to think about all right, you know, like what can we really do uh, with what we've built, and then take the values that we hold as people who got really fired up about the campaign, and put that together with all the basically research we did through having thousands of conversations uh, indoors in Baltimore. So right now we're in the process of really kind of digging into that and trying to see what is uh, the mo- what are some of the most important next steps that we need to take uh, to make sure that we're fighting for the kind of you know progressive change that we want to see in the city uh, and really fighting to make sure we have an organized left in the city, right? Because I think one of the things that's been tough is that when we have these disparate groups that aren't practicing uh, continuous solidarity with each other, uh, it means that we have a lot of missed opportunities. And so I think continuing to build on black and brown working class solidarity in the city, that's how we're really going to get stuff going. And what was really exciting and you could really feel it on the campaign is like, oh man, like when we all get together, like we can really make the democratic establishment like pretty nervous. You know, they really started feeling the heat <laughs> um by uh the you know when early early voting was coming around and on the day of election day, you know, we had Uh, Jack Young was at the the precinct that I was at. Carl Stokes was at another precinct, you know, something for Robert Stokes. And so we're like, oh man, like all these guys coming out are like, they really think they they might lose this thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, you know, I, I think that's a sign to us. It's like, we just have to continue trailing, you know, and following this path so that we can really have this organized left socialist movement that's you know, can really begin to to move the needle and make folks that are running for office feel like, oh man, like we really gotta, we have to take our city left seriously and, you know, check this like weird trickle down Reaganomics that we do with developers uh, all year, every day uh, that's happening in the city right now. So uh, I, it leaves me with a lot of hope about what we can accomplish as an organized left in Baltimore.
2: Is the trick um from here until the next um election cycle for the city is 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 it really just going to be pressure and like kind of um always uh, like do you guys have any ideas or uh things to bring up for the city to to press these candidates on to to like try and act like like actual things to pass rather than just like kind of i idealize things like do you have you have you written up any like bills or anything to bring to the city to like try and get them to to pressure them to kind of is that going to be the uh the way until um the next election cycle you think
1: yeah a lot of the things that we have been focusing our attention on are going to be happening in annapolis because this session's coming up and it's really important just because basically last session didn't happen because of COVID, right. <laughs> and a lot mm-hmm. of things got left out and were fights that we want you know that a lot of people that are involved in this campaign wanted to fight so yeah there's a ton of really specific things that are going to be coming up so one uh you know we've been working uh, i'm a representative for the baltimore teachers union And uh, we've been working on and building a push and getting organized to make sure that we can push for a actual Democratic school board. So uh, that's that's one thing that's really important is that Baltimore has the most uh, fascist (laughs) school board in in the state of Maryland. Every other school board uh, really has majority elected positions or they're all elected. And so uh, it's deeply problematic and uh, we need to make sure that we have uh, elected representation on a majority elected school board. uh, Personally, I'm fighting for a completely elected school board, uh, but we need to make sure that we get that change happening. So that is going to be legislation that is going to be hitting this session. Uh, There are some other really important things that are coming up. So another is going to be around overturning uh, Leobor, which is a law enforcement officer's bill of rights. Uh, which gives officers all kind of leeway uh and additional rights when it comes to especially uh police misconduct and investigations of police misconduct and so uh it is one of the most uh, uh kind of ridiculous version of these bills in the u s and it gives an outrageous amount of privileges to police officers way more than any average citizen has or receives and so Uh, We're really excited to try to push to get that overturned. Um, Something else that's going to be getting pushed through is to make sure that we regain local control. We haven't had local control of our police actually like in over 100 years. It's like reminiscent of like uh, the reconstruction period of the U.S. Mm. Uh, And so uh, we need to get that back. Uh, And this is the, you know, only municipality in all of Maryland that is not controlled by its own local state, um, even though all the expenses, the majority of which really come from um, taxpayer money. So mm. uh, we want to make sure that we we get that control back and that there's there's really a good chance that we could win it. We actually had uh, complete support from uh, the state delegates the last go around that this push happened, which was back in uh, 2019. And the only people who didn't support it was, were the, the Baltimore senators um, that represent uh, within Annapolis. And so hopefully we can push um, them to make sure they support it so that we can uh, get that local people back. So that's within reach too. So there's a lot of really exciting stuff that could be won, uh, And that's where we're going to be putting a lot of our, a lot of pressure and, and finally to to build out some of our internet infrastructure. So something that we talked a lot about the campaign is that there's digital redlining going on in the city. Ah, uh, there are blocks and areas, especially in uh, sandtown Winchester and Cherry Hill, where there is no internet infrastructure for Comcast to even like give them internet. They're horrible internet; like they people can't even sign up for it because the infrastructure is not built out there.
2: You said the contracts up, right? Almost, and uh...
1: unfortunately, twenty twenty six is when the contract will be up. There's a lot of stuff we can do between now and then to try to do the work and set the um, right. you know set what we need to get municipality like public municipal internet but one of the things we also needed to make sure that we actually have like the cable infrastructure to make sure we can deliver internet to people uh, and as long as these companies are unwilling to build out that infrastructure because it's not worth it to them as far as their bottom line and profits uh, we need to make sure that we build it out um, for ourselves so that's one of the the things that we get to fight for in annapolis uh, this this upcoming session will be to get the money so that we can um since so Comcast's not going to do it. We're going to have to do it. Uh, Make sure that we can get people connected to the internet Uh, because right Mm -hmm. now there are blocks and areas of the city that straight up are off the grid. Um, And no surprise, it is in deeply black and brown areas.
0: Surprise. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's that's really exciting to know that, that we might be able to, to get that um, power back or to, to get that, back from comcast but let's say it doesn't happen let's say they renew the contract in 2026 is another way to battle that kind of thing to to pass a law that says if you're doing operations in maryland that you have to make sure that every um every person has access to it even if they're not uh even if they're not paying for it at this time at least the infrastructure has to be there is that something we can force them to do
1: yeah, I mean, we have like a super lenient contract with them right now. We could make all kinds of requests and demands, knowing that they benefit a ton from having basically exclusive access uh, mm-hmm. to Baltimore as a market. So there's tons of things that we could uh, throw in there, saying like, you know, you have to make sure that every school-age child has access to the internet. Um, you know, all kinds of all kinds of stuff. Make sure that every uh, resident of Baltimore is connected to. Uh, to the grid i mean all kinds of things that we could you know make sure that are in that uh franchise agreement Uh, but really what i would like to see and we've got six years to set it up and i think that's plenty of time
0: Mm -hmm. is
1: to really let's fight for this municipal internet because it's just we uh you know having been at the table with um vice president you know whatever representatives from Comcast uh trying to fight for them to have like some kind of moral backbone uh just seems to me like a, a waste of time. They're not willing to do it. They're not willing to budge. Um they are gonna say whatever they need to say so that they can put out a nice press release and get the heat off of themselves, but they're never gonna actually do the work uh to make sure that we're taking care of working class people in the city that need the internet to, like be able to participate in society
2: right now. Yeah. Well I mean maybe next time you have one of those meetings you can like tape it, you know. Um, and say look uh, you could say whatever you want to say but we're going to make sure the public knows what you're saying yeah and kind of make it popularized I don't know
1: definitely yeah we've tried to uh you know give a little uh insight into what those meetings have been like when we've been able to you know be in touch with the press and stuff like that but absolutely just because you know it's outrageous and some Mm -hmm. of those conversations have been really insulting to the students who are you know like giving testimony about what their experiences are like and they're like oh you probably just have too many tabs open and what, you know, it's like, uh, no, like, no, your internet sucks It has nothing to do with how many tabs I have open. <laughs> uh, my family is having to ration their internet every morning. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I think there's a lot of things we can do and obviously, you know, getting uh work on the ground. And I, and I think that's where we're really trying to take our time to be really deliberate and thoughtful. Uh, we know, we heard a lot about, the need to have greater food access, uh, especially in District 12, because they lost one of their last supermarkets in, in the area of Palm Church Square and Oliver, and so that's something we heard from a lot of people. And and what's great is that there's some amazing models in the city that we can look at to learn from. So Black Hill Institute in Cherry Hill, a lot of great work happening in West Baltimore too. So there's definitely you know like a blueprint that we can use to try to bring greater access that also brings greater food sovereignty, uh, to the residents of Baltimore, um, and can create the capacity for, uh, good paying jobs, um, you know, co-ownership of a market and things like that. I, I think those are all things that are within reach. And, and again, you know, why keep waiting for these like multi, uh, billion dollar, you know, grocery companies, just like the tech companies, uh, to do the right thing when, We've been sitting around waiting forever for people to come into these neighborhoods and, you know, provide the kind of food access that people need. They're not going to do it. Let's stop waiting. We just need to, like, build this stuff ourselves. Um, And so I think that's kind of the energy that a lot of folks on the campaign have. And now it's just about, you know, being really thoughtful, deliberate about what we have the capacity to do um, so that we can execute them. Um, But there's definitely a lot of cool ideas kind of floating around and we'll see
0: within the next few months um as we start to you know make some. Them- nice um so i know during like the campaign you and your team were like uh working at i think it was like the save a lot to give out food and you guys were also giving out like masks and, and, and ppe and stuff um you know during your campaign um can you kind of uh, Walk us through a little bit of like what you guys were doing and if you will continue to be doing that, even though like you aren't no longer like actively campaigning, like basically the the community work that you guys were doing that might have been tied to your campaign. Are these things that you plan on continuing to, to do and continuing to, to push for, even though you're not actively like advertising yourself as like, a, you know, someone running for office?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we have a indefinite uh, food distribution site. Uh, It was at the in front of the Save a Lot, but the like the owners in the lot don't want to do it anymore. Like don't want to let have that space anymore. So now it's going to be at the Oliver uh, Rec Center. Uh, It's being coordinated with um, Be More Community Food and amazing community activist uh, Gary Crumb, and so that's going to go on. Uh, every Thursday and people who want to volunteer can show up at one, help us set up by two o'clock, people are getting their food and we're usually all wrapped up by four. Um, and, uh, I was helping out by, I, I actually teach a class really close to that time. I teach from one twenty to two 20. So I would like teach my class in the parking lot <laughs> and then just jump out, <laughs> um, uh, to help out, uh, when two twenty came around. <laughs> Uh, so I'll probably continue to do that right now. I'm actually visiting my mom, so uh, I needed to get a little, a little, little space and some, uh, some sun and relaxation. So you know, some of the nice benefits of online teaching is that you can teach wherever. So uh, I'm down here at my mom's house in Miami, and uh, but when I'm back in Baltimore, I'll, I'll be helping out with that food distribution site. And, um, yeah. And anybody can. So anybody who's listening to this podcast, you ever want to just show up and come help out Come to the Oliver, um, community center is right on, uh, Hartford road. And, uh, yeah, come join us. We'll, we'll be there every Thursday.
0: So with, with, with people helping out and stuff, you had mentioned earlier that there's, there's various, you know, uh, left groups in Baltimore who have been sort of rallying behind you and your campaign. Um, and you're a member of a lot of these, or at least you're friendly with them. Um, do you have anything to sort of say about like the weird arbitrary, like divisions between like maybe the green party, DSA, IWW, all these people. And like, do you think that these various groups are starting to come together for the better of, of, of the community or of Baltimore or of the state? Or do you think that there's still going to be these like weird ideological rifts where like you know, the, the Green Party people might find themselves, like, at uh, at odds with, like, the IWW people for whatever reason? Or do you think that, like, those gaps are starting to be really bridged around the movement that you're sort of bringing to the table?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, any organization has their, their priorities about, like, what they see as the most urgent work that needs to get done. And the good thing is that we're, we're all a part of this ecology, right? We're all a part of like trying to move uh, progress within the city. And so I think uh, that these organizations have like slightly different priorities, um, slightly different things that they feel more urgent than others is fine. because It keeps the work happening in general, moving forward. Uh, and I think that the work to bring these organizations together and to have a united front uh, has been happening for years, and it just really blew up in this campaign right and really kind of showed some of what can get accomplished uh especially in terms of people power and fundraising power uh that I think is really you know uh, really impressive and I think that we should make sure that we you know take a lesson from what just happened and continue to ensure that you know when uh when carpenters and has like a situation really, you know, rally in solidarity alongside them. And a lot of these organizations have practiced, you know, solidarity with these groups. But I think just making sure that we're creating the space to be organized together uh, is going to be really important moving forward. And I think if we like look around, you know, uh, successful left movements around the world, that's what it takes, right? It takes having a broad front, uh, and it takes making sure that all these groups are really unified together. And, you know, figuring out what are those points of uh, similarity in terms of what are the priorities that we have so that we can really start to get those electoral wins. And I think it's going to be critical um, that we practice that black, brown, working class solidarity. uh, And that is the only way we will win. I I think if we are fractured in any way, that's going to be exploited. Uh, and until we are really unified in trying to you know reach the goals that we set for ourselves um you know we're we're gonna continue to struggle to win uh, but i think we're I think we've seen that we're on a path to really get stuff done, and I think that's really exciting
2: were there any um wins in the Baltimore or Maryland area on like the d s a front or um anyone else like besides besides you that was on the that was you know from left politics that that had a win do you know of
1: they in uh, baltimore dsa only endorsed one person for the general and that was our campaign uh they mm-hmm. did have you know really awesome campaigns going on with uh logan um who was and, and Dow, who fought in his campaign and um dave Halper. so they're definitely you know up speed as far as supporting these local races and and learning a lot each time and so you know i'm excited to see what happens
2: uh, next time around
1: yeah um, when 22 24 comes around and uh, what they're going to be capable of doing um, and how they uh, build on the work that they've done with these campaigns this year
2: have you decided if you're going to run again and if you are if you're going to do the same like the city council are you going to go uh elsewhere
1: Right now I'm trying to take time to just sort of reflect on what, you know, what went down (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, and, you know, make sure that I'm really thinking about, you know, what, what is, where is the work going to be most valuable in the city? And I'm trying to stay sort of focused in the present and the now, uh, but, you know, I have an open mind to it for sure.
0: Let's get you in the fucking Senate, dog. But, um... <laughs> <I didn't know>. <laughs> but, <laughs> so... If, if, if we, if we think about like a broader, broader politics, at least for Maryland, um, have you seen a lot of like interaction between like, uh, the Baltimore city groups and like other groups around the state? Like, I know you said you guys are doing some stuff in Annapolis. Obviously that's the capital of Maryland, but have you guys been interacting with like other progressive groups from around, from around the state or the general area? Or have you guys sort of been, uh, mainly focused on people in, in Baltimore city?
1: I, would, I really want to see stuff go down. Like, I want to really see, like, a beautiful partnership between, like, us and PG County and Montgomery County. I feel like there's a lot of exciting people that have been running and winning uh, uh, in Montgomery County, in PG. And so, uh, and I think there's a lot of things that really connect us as far as the kind of uh, work that, you know, we need to do and the kind of wins that we need to win. <laughs> so, you know, I think that's really the case a case can be made for you know any county in maryland and i think that
2: yeah we need to find someone for frederick county because it's boring over here let me tell you <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah but uh you know that's going to be really important like in, as far as like getting uh if something is going to be something that has a lot of impact statewide you know if something is just going to affect the city as long as the baltimore city delegation people get it together Usually that can move through, but it's going to have something that's going to have a big statewide impact, like, for example, the Kerwin bill, which is going to have money for education and change up the formulas for how which schools get money and, um, you know, how that stuff is calculated. Um,
2: well, how is it going to do that? Because as of right now, is it property? Is it still like kind of a property taxes type of thing that does that? or?
1: Yeah, I mean, the awful thing is that, yeah, the municipalization of schooling is terrible, right? Which means that a lot of the money that comes for schools is, yeah, it's based off of property taxes. Uh, but there is some state money and it's about figuring out how that state money okay. gets bridged, right? Because, for example, Baltimore relies on way more state money because we don't have enough uh, revenue coming in from property taxes. Everybody so lives in the, the fucking county. Funding, mm. We re- we rely on more um, federal and state dollars. Right. So this will determine how those state ed dollars get distributed. And uh, one of the things that's really important is making sure that you look at like how concentrated poverty affects kids and affects schools, and making sure that uh, kids that live in areas of concentrated poverty and schools that um, have families that are you know going through concentrated poverty uh receive the resources that they really need so hopefully um you know this passed uh the senate and the delegation uh, and um the state house but our our republican governor vetoed it and
0: no Mm. it's cool man larry hogan's purple he's cool dude yeah (laughs)
2: he got it he got us tests from south korea remember now, he stood up to Trump on Twitter
0: twice. He's cool, man. Chill out. Yeah,
1: he's cool, dude. <laughs> yeah, but and you know what? Like uh but uh I'm very I was uh, I'm very mad that, you know, um these Maryland Democrats couldn't get it together to like make sure a session happened, an emergency session happened so that like our kids could get the dollars that they needed and like also deal with what was going on with COVID. Uh, they've had emergency sessions when to talk about, you know, like gambling. But they couldn't do it for you know coronavirus.
2: Oh yeah, that's just that's horrifying.
1: <sighs> so, you know, yeah, like I think Larry hogan definitely deserves a lot of ire and hate, but I'm also like pretty um uh, uh over all these representatives that are not willing to just like have mm-hmm. on phone Um but also uh Rob, I wanna just like thank you for like throwing down so hard on the campaign with our uh what we called BAS, the big ass signs.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah dude uh,
1: and I'm hoping to like make those happen uh, on the campaign so thank you for, for doing your part man.
2: <laughs>
0: oh yeah it was the least I could fucking do trust me um, and then if you run again I'm, I I want to do you know a lot more we just kind of came in late to the game I mean you had a hundred days what, what happens with those signs now by the way
1: uh, we've been making them into little tree houses
2: whoa <laughs> That's the coolest thing I've heard all day.
1: Cool from the outside because it's like corrugated one, like it was only like printed on one side. So on the outside, it's just like white, but on the mm-hmm. inside of the houses, it's mad creepy because it's,
0: it's just. Yeah, i about to say it's just you.
1: Kids <laughs> are gonna have nightmares. <laughs> it just, it just oh, sounds
0: like something out of like Hellraiser Four. <laughs> <laughs> that rocks yeah, no i actually to come
1: up with cool ideas
0: yeah we have one i still have mine at my office so it's like but it's also one of the weird things too where it's like i don't want to throw this away because you're my friend but i don't want to have this in my house because you're my friend you yeah it's a mean? weird
1: thing the scrapbook is a four by eight foot sign oh yeah
0: <laughs> there's like nowhere to put that anywhere where it's not like creepy but then maybe yeah. i'll just lean into it make it super creepy but um (laughs) but before we run out of time i do want to sort of like take a step back a little bit or a step outward rather and um as someone who ran for office as like one of the only people who we can really talk to about this for like sort of from the inside um i wanted to sort of pick your brain about this election cycle as a whole and the um the failure of the democrats at large um sort of like what the the republicans were able to to get cuz i mean i think that the republicans won uh, overall this election cycle so i kind of wanted to see what you thought about that and then also just like the um the place that the pro- that the progressives are starting to carve out for themselves um divorced from the mainstream democrats
1: yeah. Well, I think there was this great thread that made it around Twitter from AOC where she talked about, you know, the folks that had really gone in on, on the Green New Deal and who are really supporting Medicare for all, like actually did really well. Like, they did really well politically, like people like people who had, again, like uh, a goddamn backbone. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think uh, if we're a party, that's not fighting for anything if we're a party that's just like we're not that guy uh we're not gonna win like that's not a way to win you're not you're not gonna win just by saying like well this person sucks and i don't so you should support me or like you know um uh, i just don't think that's a winning strategy because that's not a strategy
0: that's not a platform (laughs) like they don't have anything
1: like what are you fighting for right and so until like we really make sure that we have Uh, politicians that are fighting for something, uh, then there's no reason for people to be inspired to do anything, whether that's knock doors for them, whether it's to donate money to their campaigns, whether it's to like talk to their friends and convince people to vote, like those things aren't going to happen unless you're actually offering something concrete to working people. And so uh, that's how I think you know uh I think it's exciting that we saw support for people that had progressive ideas, and I think like that's the direction that the Democratic Party has to take or it's just going to be smothered yeah. <laughs> um, and and it, and being a Democrat is going to be meaningless uh, and so uh yeah, it's time to to have some you know like like fight for something and, and have a backbone and like be willing to stand up for people as opposed to trying to be. Uh, this chameleon all the time, which I think is, is really frustrating. You know, there's this thing in Spanish, like, uh, that's like, ni chicha ni limona. Like, you're not, um, oh, God, how do I explain to each <laughs> <laughs> um, Like, you're not juice. Like, you're not lemonade. Um, you know, like uh, like, if you're trying to be both things, you can't be both things. Like, you can only be one or the other. And so, in trying to be both things, you're nothing. And I think that's what Mm -hmm. so many of these candidates are, right? They try to like pivot enough to the right that they don't lose people that are a little more conservative. And then they'll only go so far left to try to not to, again, like alienate this group of people. And then you just feel like you can't trust them and that their words doesn't mean anything because they're just going to pretend to be whatever they think.
2: Exactly. And that's the way the Republicans always win, because they just they just stick to their guns and uh, they they pull the people who like them and they don't really care what, you know, that's why these the the PC stuff that always gets thrown at them about things they say, they just don't care. And, you know, and that's who they attract. Whereas, yeah, like you said, the Democrats are trying to um, they're they're trying to they're pulled they're pulling from too many sides where they just need to stick to a path and, and stay on that path. And um, I really think that, especially in the next midterms, if we get cr- creamed, like I think the Democrats, if, if the Democrats get creamed, like I think they're going to, to be, um, they're just not going to have any, there's not going to be anything to lose. So we we'll might as well go full throttle to the left and try these new uh, leftist ideas because you're, you're there's just no point anymore.
0: So... Well yeah no I mean and and we saw that in in this election cycle where there was such a such a, a good rate of of people who were pushing for these progressive ideas like they won right it was like something where what every medicare for all person won and everyone who asked like the squad how to do grassroots campaign won right so like obviously like there is some pull in that direction and And I think it's great that, you know, like that you ran that campaign, right? You had the progressive campaign with boots on the ground and you, you know, like, so you're definitely on the right track. I think that you got, you know, fucked over really hard by just the Maryland Democratic establishment. But like, it's, I I hope that you're very proud of what you've done, but also it's very interesting as, you know, people who have been watching this from the sidelines, like seeing like, your campaign is like emulating this like more national movement that is gaining a lot of traction. So it's very exciting to see. And like, I don't know, like I, I'm kind of curious, like as a sort of like a last thing, like what do you think like this uh, next two years is going to look like with uh, the Joe Biden win and, you know, everything like the tug of war between him and, and the establishment Republicans and just like, do you think that the progressives are really going to be able to do anything? Or do you think that we're really going to have like another two years of like stalemate?
1: I think this is a moment of an existential crisis, right? So I, for the democratic party, so either this Joe Biden win means that people feel like they can go like, and this is what he kept saying on the campaign trail, right? And this is what the majority of the democratic party wants people to do. It's like, go back to sleep, you know, like uh Joe's in the White House, everything's fine, you know, don't worry about politics anymore. You don't need to think about it. See you in four years.
2: <laughs> yeah, they, he literally said that. <laughs> he literally was like
1: And the Democratic Party will atrophy if that's what happens, right? Like yes. if that that is that is that is what is going to take place if that's what we decide to do. And uh families are continue gonna continue to get separated by deportations and families are going to be separated by the overcriminalization of black and brown and working class communities like this is what's going to take place right and all the pain and suffering that felt super acute because trump was in the white house is going to to a degree continue to take place uh, at a horrific rate that is like affecting the well-being the quality of life and actual longevity of life of americans that's what will happen if we decide to do that yeah. or uh, we can have a backbone uh, and decide that, you know, being a part of the Democratic Party means something. And it means that we're fighting for, uh, for people, uh, and that we're fighting for the actual ability for people to thrive in this country. I, I don't know if uh, meant Democrat many Democrats like feel that that's what they're supposed to be fighting for it doesn't seem to be that way by the decisions that they make and you can look at that from the federal level to like the decision to not have an emergency session with mm-hmm. ours in our own state right so we're, we're a majority democrat. Uh, and so if we I think if we make a choice to be a party that is fighting for clear wins that affect the ability for working people to improve their lives and whether that's like canceling student debt, uh, fighting to make sure that we have actual access to medical care, uh, real significant uh, change and transformation of what our criminal justice system looks like. Like, Unless we're actually doing those things, uh, I think that um, the Democratic Party is in this, Continue to roll down the slow death that it appears to be
2: on.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and
2: so, you don't sound very hopeful. Me? Or I'm sorry, you sound you sound hopeful. You don't seem very optimistic. I guess is what I'm trying to say.
1: Well, I think it's worth, right? I think there's going to need to be a reckoning within the party to um, stop uh, putting up a wall to progressive, the progressive movement within the party and ostracizing progressives within the party.
2: I hear it all over the place.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, and so if, if the democratic party is willing to grow, uh, um, and flex a little bit, then, you know, then I think there's a chance. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just have to see. Like, it's going to take real work, and it's going to take, um, you know, folks like us that are, um, you know, leftists uh, within the country to really fight to make sure that um, the Democratic Party knows that, no, we're, like, not going the fucking
0: <laughs> I think that that's the best place ever to, to really end it, uh, just putting the yeah. fucking Democrats on watch. Um, <laughs> but, dude, <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for, for talking to us again. Um so is there anything that you would like to plug before we sort of let you loose in Miami? Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I think just, uh, you know, stay tuned and, uh, you know, I think what I'd really love to plug is a youth led organization. So please like, this is really where all the the great ideas and the great work is coming from. So if you're not following it, follow good kids, mad city, uh, check out the youth, uh, make sure you're checking out what Baltimore Algebra Project is up to follow SOMOS, um, you know, these guys are the real deal. Um, they feel the urgency and like life or death nature of like what's going down in the city. So if you want to know like where you need to be and like what protests you need to be going to and what actions you need to be rallying behind, like, you know, uh, you know, our young people's where it's at. And, um, and it, it was a huge honor to get to work with so many of them on the campaign.
0: No, that's awesome, man. Um, but awesome. thank you. Thank you for giving us some time. Um, you know, it sucks that the campaign sort of worked out the way it did, but also it's awesome that, that things sort of, you know, the momentum is there and that we're we're working and everything, and we're very much looking forward to, to what happens next. So, you know, good luck with everything. We'll be a part of it and around. But, yeah, um, we will definitely talk to you soon. All right. So, you know, take care.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Jordan. Thanks, Rob. Good to talk to you
2: both.
0: Good to see you again. Good to see you. Bye.